You're listening to SequelCast 2 and Friends, a proud part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. This is a vintage episode of SequelCast 2 and Friends. Audio quality may not be up to current standards. We apologize for the nastier audio artifacts. Transformers sucked. Oh no, they didn't. They're more than meets the eye. <laughs> they could beat the pants off Ranger Danger any day. Yeah, I'll lose sleep wondering whether you're right about that or not. Ow. I thought you weren't even allowed to watch a lot of TV in your house because you're all Christian and shit. Well, as it turns out, cars and trucks that turn into robots aren't really that blasphemous. Because my pastor says that machines can turn into other machines and it's not a slight against God. Transformers were a total slight against God. And as much as God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross to redeem mankind, and all we did to pay him back was make terrible fucking cartoons... Like the Transformers. After the credits roll, there's always more to tell. Especially when the video sales are doing really well. From shock treatment to Jason X to Police Academy 6. This is Sequel Cast. And they are unsurpassed at following a franchise until the better end. This is Sequel Cast. Hello and welcome to the sequel cast. The sequel cast is a show that looks at movies in a franchise, one film at a time. We're wrapping up our look at the View Universe with uh, Clerks 2. Uh, what do I mean by View Universe? Well, it's any film written and directed by Kevin Smith featuring the characters of Jay and Silent Bob. We'll also touch on the Clerks cartoon as well. I'm Matt. With me is Thrasher. Hello, everybody. And, uh, yeah, hard to, so this Fewest Universe we've been talking about, how many films has it been altogether, Thrasher? Six? six? That's hard to believe, isn't it? Well, I, I'm guessing six. I, I, I haven't been counting. No, it has been six. You're right. Good, I was right. Because from the beginning, you know, it's been Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Enemy, Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and Clerks 2. So we followed up the Muppets with another lawn franchise, U.S. Universe. <laughs> if you want to check some of those ones out, uh, you know, go to SequelCast.com or just look us up on uh, iTunes. And, uh, our, of course, our theme song is written and performed by Mark with a C. And you can check out his stuff at MarkWithAC.com. So, uh, Clerks 2, have you ever seen this, uh, Thrasher? Regrettably, I haven't. Hmm. The, uh, like, uh, like... Most Kevin Smith films, it passed me by, but it was in the theater. I, I, this, I actually, I think this, this movie came out about the time I just rebelled against sequels and, and vowed I would never see a movie with a number after the title unless I was just absolutely in love with the first one. And since I wasn't really quite in love with Clerks, I didn't see Clerks too. And sadly, in the run up to this podcast, I couldn't find a copy. Hmm. It wasn't streaming on any of the, the streaming services I usually use. Uh, one pay streaming service I use, I didn't feel it was asking a reasonable price for it. Yeah. Uh, couldn't find a reasonably priced copy of the DVD. It was sort of... just some, If you want to know how the sausage gets made, every now and then we at the sequel cast come across a movie where we really wonder how much money it's worth spending on a movie to do these reviews. Right. I mean, what... That can be something we can talk about for a minute. For me, what I tend to do is I'll go to a, a local video uh, rental store called Movie. If you still have one. Yeah, if you still have one. There's not a whole lot of them around. but uh, I don't have one. Yeah. Uh, there's one I go to in Portland, Oregon called Movie Badness, which has most things. They have a pretty good selection. And sometimes I just own some of this stuff already. Or I catch it, you know, on a streaming service. And, you know, that's one thing that's kind of frustrating if you're looking for something... You know, to watch on iTunes, some stuff is available as a rental and some stuff isn't. Some stuff is like purchase only. Mm, yeah. It can be kind of arbitrary, which is which and whatever the the price for this stuff is. So that happens sometimes. Uh, Clerks 2, you know, came out in 2006 and the original Clerks came out in 94. So almost, uh, how many years is that? I can't count. Oh, wait. 10, 12, okay, 12 years after the original. And, and it crossed a millennium. It did cross a millennium. And I saw this uh, in, the, in the theater. It came out July 2006. I had just moved 
to Portland, Oregon. I don't think I saw it opening weekend, but I think I saw it a weekend or two afterwards at a very small theater in the mall. I was like the only person watching this film except for uh, an old man by himself in the front row. Now, was the old man actually dead the whole time, but you didn't realize that until after you had had sex with him? You know, he might have been dead. He didn't walk out of the movie. So, I, you know, as with a lot of Kevin Smith films, the, the language is pretty bad, and they talk about sex a lot. I thought it would have frightened an old person, but he seemed to sit there and enjoy it. I don't know if he knew what he Unless was walking. he had a heart attack. Yeah, he could have had a heart attack. It might have. I don't know. And uh, so it's mentioning worth mentioning this is written and directed by Kevin Smith, produced by Scott Mosier, uh, Starring, you know, Brian O'Halloran as Dante, Jeff Anderson as, uh, I can't think of, Randall. And uh, you got, like, Rosario Dawson plays Becky, the romantic interest in the film, and Trevor Furman plays Elias. And uh, like some of the more recent Kevin Smith films, you have a, a part that's actually more than a cameo, played by his wife, Jennifer Schwalbach, plays Emma, who is Dante's fiancée. And Jason Lee makes a cameo, too. Uh, cinematography by David Klein. Music by James Elvin Nabel. Uh, off a budget of $5 million, this film made... Tw- $26 Yeah, $26 million, uh, I was checking to see if it was worldwide. Yeah, made $26.9 million worldwide, according to Box Office Mojo. So, and, and this is a pretty low budget for uh, for Kevin Smith. And a lot of his stuff theatrically, just across the board, will make between like twenty-five to thirty million, with the exception of some of his more recent stuff. So, so Clerks Two it continues with the uh, the movie store, or the movie fast food chain, that's been in the uh, the other stuff first hinted at in Dogma. But, no, it's pretty much featured in Dogma. Yeah, it is featured, and it's featured pretty heavily here too. But, I mean, the way this film begins is really interesting. I guess I'll have to narrate the film, and you can comment when you will, Thrasher. Because uh, okay. we've had this sometimes where you haven't seen something, and it makes for an interesting change on the show. And I believe there's an episode or two where I haven't seen something, I think, with, like, uh, oh, what was it? E- not even. Uh, Man, Bride of Reanimator. Reanimator. Very good, right. We know what it does. It makes for a very extreme power shift. <laughs> does that power shift turn you on, Matthew? Um, when you call me Matthew, that sort of turns me on. No, uh, I don't, you know, it's it's different enough to carry more of the weight on my shoulders, but I think it's uh, it's good to mix things up every once in a while. <laughs> you know, it, a chaotic episode is a good yeah, one. Yeah, so. a chaotic episode is a good one. So, the beginning of this film is very striking. It's uh, It's in black and white. And Dante is going uh, up to work at the Quick Stop convenience store, and he opens and sees it's caught on fire, and it, and it's black and white, but the fire is in color. And but but there's no smoke coming out of it. He just opens the door. And basically, fire. yeah, it's like this supernatural <laughs> sort of thing. And, and they explain it, but like right after that, it cuts to color. And I I almost wish the film would have stayed in black and white, but. Or, or maybe been sort of a more gradual transition, maybe something like Wizard of Oz. Well. Uh, towards the end it goes black and white too for a different reason I think that it's done for a very specific reason but it's kind of jarring you have a cut from black and white and then another cut where the police come and it's immediately in color but it's uh, it's fun to see the characters at the at the quick stop but they, they gotta find new jobs so they get you don't see the process of them looking for jobs I thought that was kind of surprising well, is Rand- so is Randall not uh, working at the video store anymore? Randall's still, the whole, still, strip, the whole strip, yeah, I should clarify, the whole strip mill burnt down. It's because uh, Randall ah. left the, the coffee pot on overnight and an electric fuse blew and it caught fire. So kind of a lame reason. It's not like uh, Jay and Silent Bob were smoking weed and they accidentally light the place on fire. It's, that would have been interesting because we could have seen some James Slot and Bob uh, slapstick as they try to deal with the fire before before cheesing it. Right, and uh, you get some slapstick later on in the film. But with this beginning, they get jobs working at the fast food restaurant Moobies. And uh, it has, you know, the same kind of color scheme and design as uh, it did in, uh, in Dogma and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. You might remember in that film... Jay and Silent Bob go inside a movie's fast food restaurant. And just like in this, in that film, in Clerks 2, there's a computer kiosk that people can use to surf the internet 
that looks like Mooby the cow, and you have uh, posters of the different cartoon characters in that universe on the wall, which is... Uh, I gotta say, I love the echoes of Mickey Mouse in the Mooby design. With the the horns, you mean? Well, I mean, the, the horns, the whole the whole body shape. And yeah. everything on him is an echo of Mickey the Mouse. The round tummy, you're right. The, uh, the pants, the gloves, the muzzle. Yep. The eyes... Yeah, the eyes a little bit. I uh... although I guess that is that is one thing. Like, I feel movie worked best in dogma because the, the the movie had all these you know religious undertones, and of course you know the the golden the golden cap, cap right. from Exodus. Um, but like I, the whenever I see movie outside of dogma, it gets weirder and weirder because in, in my mind it kind of breaks the reality of the film. Because could you could you imagine the the knee jerk reaction that would happen if there was an actual fast food franchise uh, called the Golden Calf that kept hinting at, uh, at at that kind of religious symbolism? I don't know. You have some fast food chains that have uh, come out of very religious backgrounds, like uh, Chick Fil A in, in the South. Yeah, but Ch- Chick Fil A's, Ch- yeah. A's mascot isn't the Witch of Endor from uh, Book of Genesis. No, no, it's not. It's uh... right, and you know, it's not like they they advertise it really heavily in their advertising, where it's like get a, a Chick Fil A chicken sandwich sandwich with all the crucifixions. You know, they don't do stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, yeah. The, oh, I'm sorry. No, the Witch of Endor was in the Book of Samuel. My mistake. I was thinking of the Ewoks of Endor, but that's from another thing. Well, that, that's where they got the name. I see. Interesting. Cool. Uh, but yeah, so at this movies, Jan Silent Bob move in front of the movies because they just want someplace else to hang out and sell drugs and smoke pot and dance. And uh, there's a weird plot line. It's not even a plot line, but it's just a thing where they mention that Jay and Silent Bob were arrested for the possession of drugs and sent... Finally. Yeah, and uh, and sent to rehab and became devout Christians. But they still curse and everything and act pretty much like Jay and Silent Bob. They just dress differently? No, they don't dress differently. I think uh, Silent Bob carries a Bible that he shows off in one scene. And I'm wondering if that's to reflect in uh, real life, Jason Mewes, who plays Jay, was going through drug rehab. So maybe it's a nod to that. I I suspect it probably. Yeah. Is. So it doesn't kind of because well, at that point hadn't he had some trouble with the law? Yes. Yeah, he had trouble with the law too, and uh, he's gotten better since then. And I think he got better by the time of this film. I really don't know that part of the history as much as I should. Um, so, I mean, aside from Dante and Randall now working at movies where most of the film takes place, Dante is planning to move from New Jersey to, uh, to Florida with his fiancée, Emma, who's not a character from any of the other Viewisk Universe films, and she's played by Kevin Smith's wife, Jennifer Schwalbach, and the Jennifer Schwalbach also played a part of one of the three uh, girls, uh, part of the, uh, the animal collective group in uh, Jane Selma Bob Strike Back. You know, I almost would have hoped that as sort of an in, as sort of like a weird uh, nod, if uh, what they should have done is that the they should have had the same actress who played Amy play Dante's fiance, but never comment on it. <laughs> like never yeah. comment on exactly what their relationship is or whether it's the same character. That would have been nice, or it even would have been nice to see, uh, you know, the the main actress from uh, the original Clerks back again to see what she's doing. She never makes a cameo in this film. Yeah, these, you know, that's true. You could hit, have all sorts of uh, supplementary characters from the View Askew movies coming through as, like, drive through customers. Make that a nice running gag. And you don't. I think, you know, if you want to see cameos of as many uh, View Askew Universe characters, you, you go to Janice Allen Bob Strike Back. But Clerks 2, aside from Dante and Randall, is fairly self-contained. As far as that goes, with the references to... I mean, you have, like, Jason Lee is in this film, but he plays a totally different character that we'll get into in a little bit. <laughs> so, um... Anyway, uh, Dante's fiance Emma, you know, his family has a lot of money, and he's going to provide him with a home and a job at his car wash dealer... As a, at his car wash franchise in Florida, and all this great stuff. And, uh... And she's, uh... Emma's kind of like a valley girl character 
Like right off the bat, doesn't really seem like uh, right for Dante. Now, is there an explanation for why a woman from Florida is living in uh, is living up in uh, in New Jersey? No, and she, she does keep on going on how much she fucking hates New Jersey, but you don't get much of any explanation really as to why. And if her family was so well off, why did she, you know, move away? And and how did they meet? Uh, how did she meet Dante in the first place? You don't really get any of that. This is. But this is, you know, uh, I don't know how many years it's supposed to be later, but it's, you know, over a decade. I, I like since to imagine that film. all the viewers' skew movies take place in real time. Yeah, so, I mean, if that's the case, you know, first one came out in 94, so this is like 12 years later, so a lot of stuff has happened, and a lot of that gap isn't really explained. Uh, a, a major character that's a new co-worker uh, with the Dante and Randall is... Uh, Elias, played by Trevor Furman. And um, he's really funny. I haven't seen him in any movies before. He, His character is a really Christian religious family, and he's also into Lord of the Rings and Transformers. And uh, as they tend to do in, uh, as they did in the original Clerks, in this one you go in a lot of pop culture tangents. And uh, Actually, that is one part of this movie I have seen. Yes, uh, a friend showed me the showed me the clip where they have the the whole thing comparing uh, the whole thing. You know, There's only one return, and it's of the Jedi. Right? Yeah, they say. Lord, I I absolutely love that exchange. It's very funny. They say Lord of the Rings is the true trilogy, not the original Star Wars trilogy. Which that, that whole that whole thing. What's Lord of the Rings? Like he walks across yeah. the store and <laughs> drops something. It's just a movie about. It's three movies about people walking. Oh man! And uh, it's a. Uh, it's pretty funny. I think they kind of had a point. I mean, I myself like both Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, but it's a... Uh... Well, you know what it is, is with Lord of the Rings... I mean, Star Wars is, is supposed to be all breathtaking adventure. Lord Lord of the Rings is a story that's sort of supposed to unfold you as it unfolds. It's not, it's not supposed to be action-packed, and it's not supposed to be breathtaking. And also, in a way... It, and I mean that in a good way. I'm not trying to belittle the work. I, I love Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and also, in a way, Lord of the Rings is kind of a travelogue, especially, you know, reading the book, too. They go to so many different locations described in such detail, and each one has a different, you know, uh, government and, and politics and set of characters there. That there's a lot of uh, a lot of meat to chew on. Stuff really feels, uh, feels lived in. Oh. A lot of world building. Yeah, and in this, they do all these Transformers references because the new Transformers movie was about to come out in 2007. Uh, now, are these references pro or con Transformer movie? Well, the movie hadn't come out yet, but it was Randall's like, oh, I can't believe they're fucking making Transformers. And then Elias says, <laughs> Elias has a very funny argument where he claims that God invented man, man invented Transformers, so the Transformers are a gift from God. <laughs> and he uses this as a, as a way to reconcile liking Transformers while claiming it's uh, pseudo-religious in some way. So it's... Uh, oh, man. The character's really funny. I think you'd get a, a kick out of him. And, and that he's younger, he he's annoys Randall. And also there's a neat thing where Randall is upset that Dante's going to move to Florida. And he he tells Elias at one point, you know, you're going to have to be my new best friend. And they just hate each mm. other. Uh, so in the meantime, Dante doesn't just have uh, his fiance Emma. His the manager at the store is a friend of his, played by uh, Rosario Dawson, uh, named uh, Becky Scott. They just call her Bex in the movie. And at some point in the film, they, uh, or, or before the film starts, I guess uh, that's not right. I'm, I'm fucking this up. Okay, at some point in the film, before it starts showing them working at the fast food place. At the movies, uh, Dante and uh, Bex had an affair. Well, isn't it an affair if you're engaged? I don't know. Is that technically um, an affair? What would you call that? Well, it's. I guess it's if you're if you're in a sexually monogamous relationship. I guess it's it's at least cheating. Yeah. So he cheated on. Uh, that's a better way to put it. He cheated on Emma with Bex, and they did it at work like, well, after they closed. Wait, is it, was it a one night stand? A one night stand. Yeah. Okay, then it's not an affair. An affair has, has to, be to be ongoing. Okay, but it's still cheating, even yeah, if it's, it's just one cheating. night. Yeah. Okay, so they had a one night flame, and uh, they seem to have really neat chemistry. There's a fun sort of scene where Dante is painting her toenails, uh, just like he did with the um, girl in the first film. 
I gotta look up her name. I feel so rude. Just like uh, Veronica, that's her name in the first film, played by Marilyn Clagati. And uh, in the meantime, with all this stuff going on, you have uh, all sorts of interesting scenes where Randall uses a racial slur that I'd never heard before. I didn't even realize this was a racial slur. The first time I heard it was from Clerks 2. And yet there's a big scene. It's a big deal. How can you use this language? And uh, so I'm going to say what it is, and I'm just quoting the movie. And tell me, Thrasher, if you've heard this phrase before. All right. Porch monkey. No, I'm not. I have not heard that before. I have not heard it either, you know, before I watched this film. And it is... It, what is it a reference it's to? A, it's it a makes me, racial slur. It makes me think of an old person on a rocking chair on a porch. That's part of... I mean, it's a racial slur against uh, African-Americans specifically. But it's a really, really old racial slur. And Randall goes in a speech. He calls uh, some customers porch monkeys, and they get really offended. And uh, he says all the all these uh, words his his grandma said, which are all uh, racial slurs against African Americans. And he didn't realize, and he's just coming to the realization that his grandmother was uh, was racist, hmm. and he almost gets fired because of it. So, I mean, I can see the, them wanting to use a word that's a bit unusual, and maybe that scene had more of a punch if you grew up with families, I guess, that spoke like that. I don't know. Like, it sounds... That sounds so... Like, I get it sounds like a racial slur, but it also, like, has a sort of a, a mildness to it. Yeah. To, to the point where I'm wondering, is that an actual racial slur, or did Kevin Smith have to invent that for the purposes of that scene? It's an actual racial slur, but, I mean, it's really? not a common one, and it's not, you know, like the N-word or something real shocking, although that he wouldn't know what that means. Mm. It'd be weird, too. Um Jason Lee is a cameo as a character, Lance, who's all new for this movie, Clerks 2. And when she was a high, he went to high school with Dante and Randall, and he's really successful. And uh, he's just sort of saying, oh, I can't believe you losers are, are working at a fast food chain. And it seems like they're going to be setting up a later scene, but he never comes back. Really? Yeah, it's very strange. And uh, Jason Lee has his mustache from My Name is Earl because he wasn't allowed to cut it because I think he was filming the show at the time. Yeah, although that would have <laughs> that would have been interesting to have to have one episode of My Name Is Earl in the first season <laughs> where inexplicably he has a fake mustache. Yeah, I mean he does have like growth around his chin and stuff, so he looks kind of different, and he has sunglasses and stuff. But it's still a mustache on him looks real distracting. Outside of My Name Is Earl. <laughs> uh, so now that I've described a lot of the basics of the the beginning of the plot of the film, what would you guess is the plot twist between Dante and, uh, and Becky? Uh, she was having an affair with Randall? No, it's not a bad guess. She is pregnant with Dante's kid. Huh. And she tells him that as they, there's a musical song and dance sequence where everyone dances to, uh, ABC uh, one two three by the Jackson Five. Cool. And in the middle, and they dance because she's trying to show uh, Dante how to dance because he says he doesn't know how to, and his wedding's coming up. And then at the end of the dance, she confesses. He almost drops her on the pavement. And uh, there's a lot of heated arguments that happen because of it. And Randall to kind of do a going away uh, sort of bachelor party thing for Dante hires uh, someone from the internet to do a donkey show. Ah, the classic donkey show. And they make reference specifically to Bachelor Party, the movie starring Tom Hanks, in which there is a donkey show. Um, that That is... A, that, that Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks is a hilarious bad movie. I've never seen it. It really it really is sort of a celebration of 80s decadence. Yeah. But, but like, the humor is... it's. The humor is sort of so giggly and mild. It's like, <laughs> it's almost as if somebody tried to make like, it's almost as if somebody tried to make a kid's movie and then threw a bunch of sex jokes in it. 
But it was rated R, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it was. I mean, it's like it, nudity and, for, and stuff. Yeah. You know, there's, there's lots of nudity, right. lots of swearing. It's just that, like, it's... It, it, all that stuff, like, seems, at least, you know, in my mind, seems sort of, like, added on. Like, there was a there was a different movie about a bachelor party, and then when they they had to keep grafting on more extreme jokes, or, like, in more extreme scenes. But, I mean, it, it's enjoyable. It's it, I kind of, I watch that in kind of a similar way that I watched Smokey and the Bandit 3. <laughs> I see that level. Which was also covered on the sequel cast. Yep, and on sequel commentary, for that matter. Why don't we take a break now to talk about uh, some of the uh, sponsors we have over at SequelCast. Let's do. If you go to SequelCast.com and uh, look on there, you can see we uh, have a cafe press store now. So if you want to get the SequelCast logo on a t-shirt, a hat, a mug, a beer stein, well, you can, and we get a cut of that. So every little bit helps. If you feel like dressing up as a SequelCast fan for Halloween, that might be fun. You can outfit yourself with uh, stuff from the SequelCast cafe press store. I want to see people dressed as the sequel cast for Halloween. And and be specific. You can go as like a specific episode or a specific cycle of episodes. We should post that on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sequelcast. Um, and if you go there or to sequelcast.com, you can check out the other sequel cast shows, sequel cast special, in which we look at movie, uh, not movies. We look at like either franchises kind of at a whole from a distance and more just like random uh, movie topics we want to talk about at large and a sequel commentary is where we do audio commentaries for movies that usually are in franchises but not always but it's usually some kind very, of a cult film yeah, very often franchise killers yeah franchise killer seems to be a Which favorite means part three on sequel Although commentary one nearly killed us and that was when we tried to do robocop three well we had technical issues in robocop three trying to do that among one. other things yeah although i think i think that's our great white whale we need to we need to, to to go after that again at some point i think that'd be good um also if you go to sequelcast.com we got a section that says buy a movie with links to amazon and if, if you're you know next time you're shopping at amazon.com just swing by sequelcast.com and click on one of our amazon links and uh just when you do your shopping you know we'll get a, a cut from that and uh we got google ads and uh you can donate to us via paypal on sequelcast.com and you can listen to SequelCast on Stitcher Smart Radio if you sign up for the Stitcher app at stitcher.com slash SequelCast. SequelCast gets added as your favorite show, but uh, beyond that, you have a chance to win $100. So, 100 American dollars? American dollars, very good. So, um, plug, 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 plug. Back, plug it in. Back to, I almost said black to SequelCast, that's not right. Back to SequelCast on a Clerks 2. So, a lot of stuff goes on at the end of the film where, you know, Dante tells Becky that he loves her and then Becky says that she's pregnant and then Dante tells Randall and then Randall starts telling people because he can't keep a secret. Oh, no, he cannot. And then they all start fighting and uh, meanwhile they go... uh, after hours uh, to work and there's this donkey show bachelor party thing but Becky doesn't know about it and Becky walks in and she can't stop looking at the giant donkey cock. Now do they show the giant uh, donkey no, cock? You know they don't. It's pretty, I mean it, it, you see not shots. like a shadow? No, not a shadow. You could have done a gag with the shadow. I think that could have been funny but it, it's, even though it's a donkey show scene, it's not that it's pretty tame, I think, the way it's it's shot. And uh, the the twist on that scene is when they sign up, the website says it's for a Kinky Kelly and the Sexy Stud. But uh, when when they show up, it turns out Kelly is a man, not a woman. So well, that's why you got to do your research, right? And the website had no pictures and all these things, but Randall was in a hurry and just just picked it without doing any research. So he uh, he got what was coming to him, I guess. And uh, and the music is real crazy in this in the scene. And while all that goes on, Dante's fiance walks in with the with a cake. I like cakes. Go on. Yep. And uh, but Emma walks in on Dante and um, Beck's kissing. And so she says 
this is over and leaves him and she finds out that she's pregnant. I forget exactly how, but she finds out that uh, Bex is pregnant with Dante's baby and she gets really upset. And then Jay throws the cake in Dante's face. Because that's just uh, Jay being crazy. If I'm not asked, what kind of cake is it? Uh, it's a sheet cake. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Vanilla? It, it looks like a classic, you know, yellow cake inside. They, they don't say what flavor it is. They don't say a frosting and all that. But as part of this madness at the end of the film... Uh, okay, so I need to backtrack for a minute. It's a surprise party, a bachelor party for Dante. And when Dante walks up after going out for a little bit, he sees there's smoke everywhere and he thinks, oh shit, this is on fire just like my uh, convenience store was. <laughs> and he calls the police. But then he walks in and sees his friends are there. So the police come at this donkey show and uh, Dante and Randall get arrested. Although not Becky for some reason. That's sort of strange. And James and Bob get arrested and so does the... Uh, Kinky Kelly gets arrested, too. Now, what was her crime? Or his crime? He goes in a speech describing exactly what he can be charged with, which isn't that much. <laughs> Although, in, in a lot of cases, I think if, if, you're, if you're a sex worker, you've got to know that kind of information. In case, right, and, he, and he's pointing out that the people show. watching the show, they're not really going to get charged with anything. They're just going to get a slap on the wrist. And uh, even he's not going to get that much at the end of the day. And uh, I believe what he's quoting is correct legislation. I, I don't know that much about that stuff. But uh, you get this, when it goes into the prison uh, in this film, it's kind of weird because it almost feels like a stage play because it's just Dante and Randall really speaking at, you know, really having an emotional conversation almost at tears with each other. And Randall says how much he he, he loves Dante as a friend and, and cares for him and he doesn't want Dante to leave. And uh, they and Randall ends up convincing Dante that they should just uh, buy the quick stop and reopen it. And it just happens to be that Jay and Silent Bob have enough money on them to let them do that. So Clerks 2 ends with uh, them reopening the quick stop. And the camera sort of pulls out as they're both behind the counter at the quick stop convenience store. And it goes from color to black and white. So they're they're still trapped in their Kafka-esque hell. But kind of. But then the argument they make when they're arguing with each other in jail is, you know, that that's what they liked. You know, it's a job they got to hang out. You know, they get to hang out with their best friend and bullshit all day, and they get paid for it. And if that's what they enjoyed, what's uh, what's wrong with that? Now that is kind of the opposite of the speech and clerks. In which Randall tells Dante, you know, you're too good for this job. You keep yourself here. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I really don't know how to feel about that. Idea. I think you have to see the movie and see the whole thing, I think, to get an idea. Because I'm just right. paraphrasing here. But that's uh, And as a cute thing at the end, Elias gets hired at the video store next to Quick Stop. <laughs> so... Hey, Chris, what's the War Rocket Ajax podcast about? Well, Matt, if we were smart, it'd be about murders. But it's actually about comics. War Rocket Ajax. It's not about murders. But it is weekly on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hunter Hunter. You Show. Literary analysis. Comparative localization. Jojo references. The works of Yoshihiro Togashi hold a specific kind of magic and the people who seek to examine their roots and spiritual descendants are known as The Spirit Hunters, available on the Greenlit Podcast Network. So then they could do a Clerks the Next Generation with Elias. You could. And I think Kevin Smith is teased at the idea of doing Clerks 3 as a stage play and just filming it. But I don't know if that, I don't know if that would really happen at this rate. Uh, it would be an interesting experiment, though. Yeah, because Kevin Smith, uh, as of uh, you know this recording in uh, October 2012 claims that his last film will be a I think it's supposed to be a two-part film called Hit Somebody uh, that's a, a hockey film so sort of a hockey drama I didn't know he was going for two parts he's talked about doing two parts in the past I don't know if that's still the case they haven't started filming on it yet 
but he claims it's going to be his last movie, period. And then meanwhile, he's still going to do all the podcast stuff and touring and talking, doing his live shows and everything. So we'll see if he sticks to that. I'll be very, very curious about all that. Um, So that's Clerks 2. Uh, So given what I've described, Thrasher, does it sound like something you'd want to see? After investing all this time in the Viewisk universe, or yes, I do. I do indeed want to see it. Oh, okay. I don't know how. I don't know whether I'm going to like it when it's done, but yeah. I definitely. I I really feel that this movie deserves a shot. Having be thoroughly spoiled. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's gonna bother me. I, okay. I've had just about every Kevin Smith movie I I hadn't already seen spoiled for me anyway. Gotcha. Oh gosh, I didn't even get a chance to talk about that. Yeah, um, with the exception of Dogma, I've had someone exp- somebody has has explained every Kevin Smith movie to me before. I've had a chance to see it. Wow. Uh, did any one of those turn out better than you thought it would be based on the description? Um, Chasing Amy. Actually. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, n- none of the descriptions I got for Chasing Amy re- did it justice. I think now that we're wrapping up a franchise here in the sequel cast, I think what we should do. Now is give ratings of all the films in a series, and I have a proposal, Thrasher. I think yes. from now on on sequel cast, not with the, not counting this episode, I think it would make a lot more sense if we give a five star rating to a movie after we talk about it on the show, rather than I, just saying it, it for the, the last end. episode. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah. Instead of being, you got to tune into the last episode to find out what we rate all six films or whatever. <laughs> in fact, I think it was a good idea when Jersey Jason suggested it. How long has it been since he's been on the show? Was he the one that suggested it? I could swear it could have been. Did, yeah, or he made it. He made a comment that implied that he really wished we had gone this way. Uh, <laughs> he was on for the Lethal Weapon Four show. I think is the last one he's been on. Hmm. No Muppet Muppets. Uh, he talked for a bit in one of the Muppet ones. Treasure Island, maybe. Uh, probably. <laughs> okay, anyway. Oh, it's so long let's ago. Let's give our ratings memories. about the Viewisk Universe movies uh, out of five stars. Uh, I'll begin. Clerks, I think, is a, is a real comedy classic, and it still manages to feel that a shot in, in black and white just gives it a real raw feel, and it has some kind of authenticity that I think the later films never have, and I'm not quite sure why why that is. It's just something real special about that film. I would give it uh, five out of five stars i think i i do a three and a half three and a half like I, it's 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 good for what it is and it promises a lot of much better things to come and then those promises are kept but on on its own it's it i it just doesn't resonate with me the way it resonates with a lot of other people in my generation mall rats is a film that is has its moments i, I like the slapstick parts of it but overall, it's so much, uh, so much story and so much characters packed into. It feels like you know two different movies in one. I would give Mallrats uh, two and a half stars out of five. I'd I'd go with two, uh, and that's partly because since seeing it, I have never had any desire to rewatch it. <laughs> like, and it's not not that it's not that like I I, I don't like it. It's just that. It, it, between any list of films, if Mallrats is on that list, it's never going to be the one I pick. Yeah. I have a special place for it in my heart because it was one of the very first DVDs I bought. Uh, yeah. uh, ten years... Oh, no. Over ten years ago. Oh, well. Uh, Back when DVDs were low-def. Yep. That's all we had. Before high-def, just low-def 480i for those nerds in the audience. Uh Chasing Amy, I think, is uh, one of Kevin Smith's most uh, heartfelt films. It's, you know, sort of more serious than some of his other ones. And it's uh, it's a very interesting combination of drama and comedy that I think really works. I would give Chasing Amy a four and a half out of five stars. You know, that's exactly what I was going to go for. Oh. I think it's a, it's, it's a truly, it's a, a great movie. But I, as I said on that episode, I think that speech uh, uh, towards the end that he gives to Banky and Amy, I, I 
I I still find that to be completely inexplicable. And you know the 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 multiple endpoints that don't end. But other than <laughs> that, it, it is a truly brilliant film. Dogma is a film that. You know, combines religion and humor, which sometimes can be dicey, but I think it it works. It has kind of the strongest, uh, I think, storyline out of all these VS Universe films we've talked about. Alan Rickman, Chris Rock, all those guys are really great in it. I I think the movie drags a little bit, but still highly enjoyable. I give Dogma four out of five stars. I, you know, I think I'm actually going to have to go with five. Ooh, it's uh, Dogma is one of my favorite movies. Why? Well, partly it is probably because it's the first Kevin Smith film that I, I saw in the theater. But I like, you know, I, I like everything in it. I love the premise. I love the use of the religious references and symbolism. I think it's got it's got my favorite story out of all the uh, all the Kevin Smith films. Yes, I do think that the way the movie was cut was very bizarre, considering what scenes were included and what weren't. But I think it still works very well, uh, very well as a movie. Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, I think, starts off really good and then kind of fizzles as it goes along and picks up more at the end. It it has some funny moments, and especially if you've seen a lot of the uh, Kevin Smith films, you'd get more of a kick out of uh, all the cameos in there. I give Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back uh, probably two and a half stars out of five. You know, uh, exactly where I was going to go as well. Uh, I Overall, I didn't like that movie. I liked everyone who was in it. Everyone's trying really, really hard. It just does not gel. Hmm. So that brings us to Clerks 2. I give it... Hmm. It's really tough. Well, mine is star-based rating system deferred since I still have not seen the film in its entirety. I think I would give Clerks 2 four out of five stars. I I think it really hits a lot of more than it misses the new character of Elias is uh, really funny I um, think it's it's pretty good it, it makes me hope they do a clerks three I'd like to see more of what's going on with these characters mm. and uh, yeah so if you want to check out uh, past episodes where we've talked about US universe go to sequelcast.com and uh, before we move on to some of our other segments, Thrasher. Let's talk for a minute about the uh, Clerks animated series. Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah, so you've seen that, right? Yes, I've uh, seen the entirety of the series. Uh, I borrowed the DVD from my friend uh, Michelle uh, Michelle Yunker uh, back in college, and I I loved the animated series. It had some great potential. I think if I think if it had been picked up for a full season or a second season, it probably would have stayed on the air for a few years. Uh, I, it was a very good show, excellent comedy, excellent cast, very well animated, uh, amazing, uh, very well timed. It, so it, like everything that I like and everything that an animated series needs to do well, uh, it did do well. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I actually watched it when it premiered on TV. Although only two of its six episodes aired on ABC. Yeah, that's that's something that television needs to understand. No, the, a show that you don't show will get bad ratings. You have to actually show the show. Well, I mean, the Clerks cartoon got um, had a commercial on the Super Bowl that year. A quick thirty-second spot. Yeah, although anything that's going to be premiering not too long after the Super Bowl gets that treatment, I don't see that as an indicator. Uh, did you watch it when it aired on TV, or you just saw it on the DVD? You said, right? No, I completely, uh, I completely missed it. I think, I believe, I was in my first year of college at the time, and I right. just, I wasn't watching much TV uh, during that. Actually, I think the only thing, the only two things that I watched on three things that I watched on TV with any regularity during my college years were reruns of Voyager. New episodes of Star Trek Enterprise and Passions. Mm. I, I caught The Simpsons whenever I could and Arrested Development when that was on, but that was towards the end of my college uh, period. That doesn't count. Right. I think uh, one of the more amusing episodes of this animated series is uh, the second show where it's a clip show that just flashbacks to clips from the second and first episode. 
Yeah, it flashes back to the first episode, it flashes back to itself, and on occasion it flashes back to episodes that don't actually exist. And what's really... Which was brilliant. And I love it. It's that. really brilliant, and what's really confusing is uh, when this aired originally on ABC, the first episode they showed was episode four, in which uh, Jay sues Quick Stop after slipping on soda. The oh, second yeah. episode they showed was episode two, which has flashbacks to the first episode, which never aired originally. So already you're <laughs> missing references. Yes, uh, when I originally watched it. But uh, it's a shame, you know, it didn't last longer. I think the art style is really nice. You get all the voices uh, from the people from the movies. And they had new characters, too, like Ad- Alec Baldwin plays Leonardo Leonardo. Who was, Great addition to the cast. Yep. Who, for lack of a better phrase, is kind of like the Montgomery Burns of the series. Well, you know what I liked is that that like big burly Asian guy who's following him around in the series. You you, you assume that it's like his bodyguard and enforcer, but in like a few episodes in, he's like, you know, destroy them, sir. I'm your publicity man. I'm your publicity agent. Well, then destroy them with bad publicity. Actually, sir, there's no such thing as bad publicity. I love that he's the publicity agent, and that's why he's always hanging around. <laughs> that's a great. That's just a great bit of comedy. I love that level of comedy. And the last episode is also brilliant in that it's it's an it's an episode addressing people's concerns that the show's not enough like the movies. Yeah, at one point they were uh, considering making an animated Clerks movie. Yeah, I saw the animation test for that. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah, but um, it's uh, looks like it's not going to happen due to uh, rights because, like, yeah, well, the cartoon is owned by Disney, and then the Weinstein's, which are producers in the show aren't at Disney anymore. They're at the uh, Weinstein Company, I believe. So, <coughs> there's all this weird bad blood and all that stuff in there. So, um, but on the other hand, if you like Kevin Smith and animation stuff, you, um, oh, what is it? So, Kevin Smith does a lot of podcast, and one of the main ones is called Smodcast. And there's like a web series where it's uh, animation I think it's called Smodimation, actually, where they animate... Yeah, Smodimation, Where it's yes. done similar in style to the uh, Ricky Gervais show on HBO, where they take clips of mm-hmm. a podcast and then just animate to it. Um, except in Smodimation, the episode, the, each clip is just, like, really brief. It's not a full, like, 20-minute episode. So, I think we've uh, talked pretty good about all these movies on the Viewers Universe. These past six episodes of Sequel Cast and the Clerks animated series. Uh, let's play Pitch a Sequel, in which uh, we'll pitch a sequel to Clerks 2. So, I'll begin. I think right. I would call it uh, Clerks Zero, and it would be, you'd have different actors playing Dante and Randall, and it would be kind of a, a prequel about them uh, working their first day on the job at the convenience store. And I think you'd have to use different actors because of the age. So it'd be almost like a, a teenage version of uh, of Clerks. And maybe they're different as teenagers and something happens when they start working at the store that changes their personality somehow. Interesting. What's your picture sequel, Thrasher? Well, I would do... Uh, I would do... Uh, Clerks 2017. Oh, where it takes place, uh, where it takes place in the future, uh, when Dante is still stuck in the quick stop. Now he's an old man, and he's getting ready to retire. And it's sort of all these—he's dealing with these conflicting emotions. You know, now that I'm, I'm finally free of this job, I have money saved up, I can do whatever I want. But at the same time, he feels useless. If he, he's worried, he's going to feel useless if if he doesn't have a steady job, and you know, he's going to be you know away from uh, Randall. And, of course, Randall doesn't want him to leave because Randall's been completely irresponsible with his money. He can't retire. He's he's going to still be working there. So Randall, Jay, and Silent Bob uh, try to uh, try to give uh, Dante a last day on the job that's so amazing and awesome that he'll never want to leave. Uh, and in the process, they do all sorts of property damage, uh, cause all sorts of trouble uh, in the quick stop around that strip mall. Uh and you know, risk Dante's life several times, and Dante uses this as an, ex- as an excuse to do every irresponsible thing he ever was tempted to do uh, 
on the job that Randall would always get away with. Hmm. And he gets to really, really like it. And you know what? Maybe he won't retire. Or maybe he'll just be shot again and die for real this time. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways you'd go with the Clerk sequel. Or Clerks 2 sequel, I should say. Um, so now we'll go on to what you're watching, where we talk about a piece of media, whether it be a video game, film, uh, movie, book, whatever. I said film and movie after each other. That was kind of redundant. Sometimes there is a difference. Is it? I think that's kind of pretentious. I saw a film. It, it, it is, but at the same time, <laughs> it can be it can be useful. Like like when? Well, I wouldn't. I would call Citizen Kane a film. I would call Star Wars a movie, and I would call Transformers Dark of the Moon. What really? Have you seen Transformers Dark of the Moon? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. I I was. I haven't liked any of the new Transformers movie, but this is the one that I liked the least out of a bunch of movies that I didn't like. Huh. That's interesting. Um, You know, I thought it was better than the second one, Revenge of the Fallen, but... Okay, so uh, something I've been (laughs) watching and enjoying the past week is... uh, downloadable game that's only available on the PlayStation Network uh, for PS3, PlayStation 3, called Tokyo Jungle. It's uh, yeah. developed by uh, one of Sony's uh, Japanese studios, and it's really, really bizarre. Uh, the concept is it's in the future, near future. Something happens that kills all all uh, humans, and only the animals are, uh, are survived in Tokyo. And so you get to pick an animal, although in the beginning you can only pick between a Pomeranian or a deer, and it's it's not really a game that you complete. You're just trying to see how long you can survive, and you can mate and have babies, which kind of extends your lives, but it's, there's a sort of time limit inherent to these things, and your character can die really easily. But I, I find it um, really addictive and really, uh, really challenging, and it, it's a game where there's not goals as such there's achievements you can get and if you do certain achievements you can unlock new uh, characters to new not characters like animals to play as mm. and uh but just uh playing as a pomeranian and uh you know getting to rip apart a dog or a cow is pretty funny and uh there's a bit of a mechanic where if you play as a i guess they call it a carnivore character uh, like a dog, you can attack things, but if you're a deer, you you have to feast on plants, but you can still attack uh-huh. things to defend against yourself. Um, anyway, I think uh, Tokyo Jungle is a really uh, pretty interesting game that's uh, sort of old-fashioned. I mean, it's like a side-scroller that I would uh, recommend uh, people check out. Sadly, there's no demo for it, but it cost uh, $15 on the PlayStation Network for the PlayStation 3. So... What is something you've been watching, Thrasher? Well, actually, uh, I finally saw Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. I saw that recently, too. Oh, man, that was awesome. I didn't like it that much, but I haven't seen the show very much. I was, like, very confused. Do you, do you like the show? Have you seen the show a lot? Uh, uh, yes, I do. I like. I, I really like Tim and Eric's uh, uh, sense of humor. It's the closest... It's, I guess... It's the closest thing we have in America to the Goon Show and that kind of Spike Milligan, absolutely everything must go kind of sense of humor. I love the lengths to which they're willing to go for a gag. I like that they don't let anything happen on screen that doesn't have some little thing going on. Uh, Even if that little thing is purposefully putting in some sort of stutter in the editing. I love that kind of thing. And they do the stutter in the editing thing a lot, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, There's a good amount of that. And I love and I love that they do things that they know are going to make people uncomfortable. Not offended, not disgusted, just uncomfortable. I'd argue there's a scene in the movie people could be disgusted by where a character is in a bathtub and something happens to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's let's not reveal the secret yeah. of the shrimp just No, yet. no, you have to find out the secret of the shrimp for yourself. <laughs> well, 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 I will say this, what I loved about that scene was that they were willing to go that far, and that then they were willing to go about five times farther. I think that was my favorite <laughs> scene in the movie, and I, I can see people, you know, getting the box and seeing that Zach Galifianakis is in it, 
and has Jeff Goldblum in a cameo and being like, oh, I mean, it's it's really out there. Um, yeah. I, I think maybe if I watch the show some, I, I'd like the movie better. But having the movie as my first uh, Tim and Eric experience in like one big 90-minute chunk yeah, was a bit much. Yeah, maybe you don't much. want to start there. <laughs> maybe you may even want to go all the way back to Tom Goes to the Mayor first. All the way back to... Tom versus oh, that was their the first mayor? series. Oh, Tom okay. Goes to, the mayor. goes to the mayor. Although the the, the funnier dies short, the Terry's is is excellent. I don't know. Although even then, I'm not sure if that's the best place to start, but it's pretty intense. Hmm. Um, so how did you think that movie held up to the TV show? Oh, very well. I mean, I I could not stop laughing. Hmm. It did, it did everything I wanted it to do, and it did a little bit more. Interesting. And I watch that, and I feel like I'm in on every joke. Yeah. Uh, I think, I, you know what, I think that's kind of the, the attractiveness to, to, to Tim and Eric's work that, that it has for me, is that it does feel like I'm sharing a series of in-jokes with a friend, and we're all and that we're completely on the same page. Even though we ha- we don't know each other, we've never probably never heard of each other. I've never heard of Tim and Eric, but I still I, I still feel like they're trying to send in jokes directly to me. Hmm. I think uh, yeah. Well, let's do uh, one more of these. What you're watching? Sure. I've been uh, I made a, a book purchase recently. Even though I have a Kindle and I prefer to get things on the Kindle. There's just some stuff that's out of print that's not on the Kindle. Or sometimes it's significantly cheaper to get a book from a used bookstore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been reading a, a a book that's actually it's one of those compilations that you usually see from book clubs where they combine three books and just bind them together. And this, yep. uh, the compilation is called Odyssey by William Shatner and uh, Judith and Garfield Reeves Stevens. But it collects the first three Star Trek novels that William Shatner co-wrote. Uh, Ashes of Eden is the first one, and that's the one I'm reading right now. Um, and the plot of this one so far, it takes place in between Star Trek uh, Six and uh, Star Trek Generations. So it's before it's before Captain Kirk is dead. And I did not realize that when I started reading the book. For some reason, I got in my mind... Uh, Captain Kirk was having hallucinations after being killed in Generations. <laughs> because the dead hallucinate. Well, the beginning, all you get are these like two italicized pages talking about Spock mourning over the death of Kirk. And then there's one little sentence that I overlooked that says, but there was one last adventure they had oh. before, uh, you know, before Kirk's end. And in the later books, he gets resurrected and, and so forth. Yeah, I was wondering if this was the series where he comes back to life. It is. Let me look up the other titles. Yeah, because the first one is Ashes of Eden, and then it's The Return and Avenger. And I think it's one of the characters is a Borg or something in the later ones. Well, I know the Borg or Borg technology has something to do with how Kirk comes back to life. But... Have you read any of these? Or No, but a friend of mine did. He described them to me. Oh, okay. How How is the listening to it being described? We we both had a good laugh, ah. and not, not not so much a derisive laugh, but you know, bring, bringing characters back from the dead is, is the kind of comic book I hate to use this word, but comic book bullshit that we can't stand. I love comic books. I hate comic book bullshit. Well, you know, William Shatner was pretty, in retrospect, pretty upset that Captain Kirk got killed in Star Trek Generations. Well, it wasn't the best. It wasn't a really awesome heroic death that we might imagine Kirk having. Well, the first way they filmed it, his character just got shot in the back and died. And so they refilmed it in the movie where he falls on the bridge. uh, Or off the bridge. Right? He's trying to... He pushes a button to save something. Yeah, he he falls off a gantry. Yeah. And off a... Presumably off a cliff, which means uh, Picard had to hang around for a while to... uh, to find the body and then bury uh, what was left of it. And then, now that I, it, it occurs to me, never told his crew that he had just had an adventure with the greatest captain Starfleet had ever known, and no one else paid their respects to him. Hmm. 
And I think reportedly William Shatner wanted a line of dialogue when the bridge falls on him. He wanted to say bridge to captain. The opposite of, of oh, captain to bridge. Dear. Yeah. Uh, I don't approve but of that. They, they did not. They might have filmed it, but they, that's not what they put in the movie as his last line. I think his last line is, it was fun. Oh, my. <laughs> Which isn't very good either. Oh, jeez. And he got to ride a horse, which I'm sure he's always wanted to do in a Star Trek film. Exactly. And make love to a mountain. Yep. Well, what's something you've been watching Uh, to wrap this up? Well, um, uh, both watching and reading, uh, I was... uh, uh, My uh, girlfriend Sarah and I celebrated our our anniversary uh, this past weekend. We We had a great time... It was. We had a really packed day. We hung out with some of our best friends. We had an uh, marvelous sushi dinner, uh, but we also spent all day hanging around uh, the Scarefest, which is a, uh, a, a local horror and paranormal convention in Lexington, Kentucky. And you know, we got to we got to meet uh, and, and have uh, photographs signed by a number of of uh, horror film actors, including actually including Lisa Marie from the Tim Burton films and uh, and Meg Foster. But uh, when all that was done, we then went to our favorite uh, used bookstore, and Miracle of Miracles happened. I found three of the Paradox Press uh, factoid books. The Big Book of Hoaxes, the Big Book of the Unexplained, and the Big Book of Thugs. Those are very hard to find now. They've been out of print for ages. The series been discontinued now, for ages. Aren't they done kind of like a comic book? Oh yeah, they they are comic okay, books. They're right. they're comic anthologies. They you know each book has a topic, like you know the hoaxes or thugs. Uh, the writer slash editor does a whole bunch of research on these topics and then gives out information to uh, to different comic uh, to different artists, and then they produce one to eight page comics about this factual information. And it's really great. There's a biography, so you can see how the research was done. They get amazing artists in there. The Big Book of Thugs has one by Phil Foglio about uh, the, the Wild West's most incompetent bank robber that's just brilliant and hilarious in, in the way that only Phil Foglio can do. Yeah, a friend of mine uh, collected a bunch of those books in high school. And I don't know if he had every one of them, but um, that's cool you got to find some at the bookstore. How much were they charging for him? Uh, it was about seven fifty each, oh, that's not which bad. is a, a great deal, yeah. all things considered. Uh the it's again. I, I'm trying to amass the entire collection, but it is taking forever. You really have to hunt these books down now. The people who have them don't want to get rid of them. Oh, actually, you know, back in the Savannah College of Art and Design, they had several of these books uh, in uh, the, the the student library, and they were the most vandalized books I've ever seen. How so? Anytime I anytime I, I uh, anytime I read one. There, the people were stealing pages from them. There were pages that had been cut out of the book. Wow. And eventually, like, after getting frustrated with finding missing stories or missing pages from stories in the comics, I eventually got, got gathered all of them, went through them page by page to find out which ones had pages missing, and then brought the ones with missing pages to the front desk to report the vandalism. It's... Don't vandalize books, people. Did they do anything about what did they do when pages. you did that? When you brought all the vandalized books? Uh they they thanked me and they explained that they that if they can find basically they had a process involving if they could find another if they could find another library that had these books, they were legally allowed to photocopy pages from that book, get them blown up to the size they needed to be, and then they had a binder who could reinsert them into the book. Now I don't know if they if they did that. I haven't. I haven't. Now that I think about it, every time I've been to the school since graduating, I haven't checked. But um, <laughs> I, I appreciate them for trying anyway. Yeah. And just that's that's a, it takes a it's a really low person who steals pages out of a book it's in a library, especially since it's, it's a library that has both photocopiers and scanners. Hmm. Cool. Well, I think we've talked about. Uh... All this stuff uh, on this episode of the sequel cast, <laughs> Clerks 2, and all our other things. So let's uh, let's give a tease for the next franchise we're going to cover next week. Tease me, Daddy. Tease me. Uh, I <laughs> that gave me a. Am very, I making you uncomfortable now? Yes, uh, very uncomfortable. 
I, I just had it. You want me to stop, don't you, Matthew? Yes, I yeah. Um, <laughs> Rocky. Oh, Rocky. Oh, yeah. Next week, we we'll be cover. We'll be starting a, a new franchise, a shorter one this time. We'll be taking a look at Gremlins. Woo! Directed by Joe Dante. So they only made two Gremlins films, so there'll be two episodes about those. Gremlins and Gremlins Which, it actually to the new shocks batch. me that there have only been two. Yeah, I, you know, I don't All know if they've considered. tried that hard over the years to do Gremlins 3 or not. Um, I'm really surprised they never did an animated series based off Gremlins. Yeah. You think with all the cartoons they did of stuff in the 80s, that would have been a natural, but... I bet they tried, now that I think about it. I bet I bet somewhere there's an unsold pilot for a Gremlins TV series that was considered too gruesome, kind of like that Garbage Pail Kids show. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh... Which, I, I, which actually, I don't believe any of the weird bit of TV trivia... But I don't believe. But most of the people who who fought to ban the Garbage Pail Kids show, I, I believe f- few of them actually saw the show. That's the case with a lot of protests, unfortunately. Yeah, I believe most of the, pro- I, as, if I recall correctly, most of the protests were based on one critics and uh, parents screening. Hmm. I think I. Uh, yeah, no, that's all a good point. So, you know, check check us out again on uh, SequelCast.com or Facebook.com slash SequelCast for the SequelCast. This is Matt. And this is Thrasher. Saying... I have no line to quote because I haven't seen this movie. I w- There's only one return and it's of the SequelCast. There you go. There's only one return and it's of the SequelCast. All right. Good night. Cool. Um, yeah, so we're we're caught up on the other shows, so I think we'll 